It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From Jackson Carmen versus Cordell Volson to the wide receiver four battle to Joe Burrow's rookie window, we answer your questions in this week's mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're podcasting from the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, who follow, and who make us your first listen. James, we're going to dive into the mailbag today. And as is often the case in preseason mailbags, a lot of questions about roster competitions, about who's going to make the team about who's going to start where there are starting competitions. And we'll even get into some thoughts on what the window of competitiveness actually is for the Cincinnati Bengals toward the end of the show. We're going to start with a question from Kevin Brown at KD Brown 357 on Twitter. He wants to know if Cordell Volson looks like he'll actually be ready to start game one, or if he simply looks better by comparison to what we've seen from Jackson Carmen. Well, it's the latter, certainly. And is there a world where, you know, Cordell Volson is ready to go week one and can be a starter week one? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that happens in the NFL. We've talked about it really throughout this offensive line uh, famine that the Bengals have gone through in recent years. Like teams find mid-round guards that end up working out. Right? Alex Kappa is a perfect example of that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, now, couple things it's one thing to do that it's another and kappa did this from humboldt state but to go from north dakota state university to the nfl to starting week one as a rookie it that's a lot not impossible could certainly be effective and the thing i like because let's be honest locked on bengals is like locked on bengals slash joe burrow right i mean it's you know locked on burrow sometimes when you talk about lob um the fact that Zach Taylor and Frank Pollock both praised Cordell Volson's pass protection. Because if there's something that I really need that left guard to do of the two, if I had to pick, be a great run blocker, be a great pass protector. Well, I want the latter because we know what the franchise is. And so I, I think he, given how the system they had at North Dakota State, I think he's going to be able to and, and capable of mentally processing all of the stuff needed to be a solid pass protector this season. And so I think that does give him an edge because he's got all of those other traits, all of the the work ethic, attitude, all of those things, um, being open uh, to getting better, self-critique, all of those things that you look for, at least that's what everyone's saying about him. So if he has that, he's got the size. I mean, we saw the video of him talking with Lyle Collins. He's you know, a lot of cons looking up to him a little bit, right? Cordell Volson's a big guy. And so I think it is, is certainly possible. Now, 
as we talk about this in the middle of August, do I love the idea of a fourth round rookie from North Dakota State starting at left guard? No, not on paper, but I'm also open to the idea of him snatching that job, beating out Jackson Carmen, and who knows, maybe be good enough in between a guy like Ted Karras and Jonah Williams uh, to be an upgrade from what they had last year in Quentin Spain at left guard. I know that might be unrealistic, but I'm open to the idea of that happening, and I'm really excited to see Volson over the next couple of practices and then on Sunday against the Giants. Yeah, I think that's what I'm really looking for for Volson is how does he perform in these next couple preseason games? Does he get those opportunities? Does he continue to work with the ones? Do they have some sort of rotation? Because I think what Kevin's getting at here is Volson, and and you said it too, James, he is coming from North Dakota State. There is a big transition. Frank Pollock has talked about this as well. And for whatever his attitude is, however hard on himself he is, however hard he works, there are things that rookies have to learn in the NFL. And very often there is a learning curve and very often there are technical aspects of rookies games that need to be refined. There are rookie mental lapses, but the thing about this competition right now is that Carmen isn't showing anything that, that Volson isn't really maybe some measure of athleticism that Volson doesn't quite possess, but in terms of mental processing, in terms of reliability of technique, in terms of the body language, as much as I hate to talk about body language in general, just the the general attitude that we seem to get, the vibe we seem to get from Jackson Carmen versus what we have heard about Cordell Volson is kind of night and day. So while there are some athleticism differences and both guys have some technical development to do, it seems like Volson may be more mentally with it than than Carmen was on review of the tape. But we also need to see him do it against a higher level of competition. And so hopefully he will have that chance in, in preseason game two coming up on Sunday against the Giants because that's the real next test for him. He's shown that he can process and play at a, at a functional level in the second half of preseason game one, in which no starters played for the Arizona Cardinals in the first half either. But but now can he do it against a higher level of competition, hopefully, from the New York Giants, who have a solid mm-hmm. defensive line, and I don't know who's going to play for them, but there, there could be a, a bit of a steeper challenge there that shows that he's up to the job. A little birdie told me that they're going to play their starters. So who knows if that, that birdie's true or not. Obviously, I'm referring to him as a birdie because I don't want to put him on uh, record here. And then, and who knows if it's right or not, but I think that the Bengals are preparing as if they're going to face the giant starters, at least a little bit, even though the Bengals aren't going to play their starters, which and, is and good. That's, that's what I want. Hopefully. If that's the case, that means Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, Great. two, two first round picks are, are the starting defensive tackles. If they're going to play for, for the giants would be Cordell Wilson's competition. So there's a real, a real test, a real step up, not to mention potentially Aziz Ojolari on stunts, potentially Kayvon Thibodeau on stunts, on twists, on if they move those guys inside at any point. There, there's some real players mm-hmm. on on that defensive line for the Giants that hopefully we get to see Cordell Volson compete with. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see. And you're, you're right, Kayvon Thibodeau, right? The fifth overall pick. That certainly going to be one. Uh, that I'll have my eye on just as a, a football fan, just to mm-hmm. see how yeah, how good he is or not. And 
you know, fourth rounder, Cordell Volson, if he faces him off against him at all, Isaiah Prince, all these other guys, uh, it'll be fun to watch. But we have plenty of time to talk about Sunday's matchup against the Giants. But we do have a question about Lyle Collins, so we'll stick with the offensive line coming up next. But first, a word from Elias Game Plan. It's the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of the U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. And look, the NFL season almost here. We have less than a month from the start of the NFL season. That's why you got to get Elias Game Plan and the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Get player news and league-validated stats, team records, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, impressing friends. Look, you want to win your fantasy league. You want to win those wagers you're making. You can do that and get the help you need today with Elias Game Plan. So, Download the Elias Game Plan app today with new features available all the time. Take your game to the next level. NFL season right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Game Plan in the App Store or the Play Store today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Our next question, James, you mentioned about the offensive line. Andrew Burns at Andrew underscore Burns 94 on Twitter would like to know what the concern level is around Lyle Collins continuing to be limited or intermittently present at practices, not working with 11s yet, because I kind of agree with Andrew at this point, concern levels are starting to inch up for me. And I say inch up, they're not, they're not sky high or anything like that, but it's starting to be a little bit concerning that he hasn't gotten those physical reps in for me. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think that honestly, what if I had to predict the plan, it would be, all right, we're going to give you Monday off. You have Tuesday off because Tuesday is a full on off day. Wednesday, let's get you in some team stuff. And so Wednesday, Thursday, will he do any team, anything? Because if I'm the Bengals, I would want him to do some kind of team 11 on 11 before the Rams come to town. And I think the way it's going to work based on what Zach Taylor said on Monday, Wednesday is going to be like a normal practice. Thursday is going to be pretty heavy with starters Friday. You know, it's not going to be much on starters and they're going to kind of put the finishing touches on game prep and kind of treat it like a normal game week where it's walk through Friday anyway. So if that's the case, Maybe Collins gets some teamwork in on Wednesday or Thursday. I, I'm not really concerned yet, just knowing how the Bengals and this staff has managed these players. T. Higgins has been ready to go for weeks. Logan Wilson has been ready to go for weeks. And they're just kind of slowly, you know, trudging along, making sure that they're not just 100%, but that they're 100% at the end of August. And, and so I, I think that's what they're trying to do with Lyle Collins. Now, is it a little weird? Yeah, it, it is I, it, weird that he's you know back on the shelf on on Monday afternoon, but not super concerned yet, especially because and you've talked about this, Jake, a lot. The contract, 
and what it is. It's all about those games, maybe. <laughs> He's got to play in those games. The way the Bengals and, and Duke Tobin and Kitty Blackburn structure that contract, Felsey wants that money. He's going to have to be there all 17 and, and play week in and week out. So um, hopefully this is just more of a maintenance plan and let's play it really, really safe with number 71 than it is any issues. And, and so hopefully we'll see him in some type of team drills later this week. Yeah, and that certainly could be the case. And I don't mean to say that I'm alarmed. I think I was pretty clear about that. I'm, I'm close to where you're at. It's just beginning to be with what you hear from Dallas fans constantly in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He hates practicing. You know, he, he never liked to practice all these things. I don't necessarily think that's the case. But when that is in the back of your mind and he's missing the, the significant portion of practice that he's missed with a mysterious back injury, that he suffered away from the team. The team doesn't have to tell us anything more than that. So they're not in the wrong at all. And he is, by all accounts, you know, Zach Taylor talked about him getting the walkthrough reps in, him working with Cordell Volson after practice. We've seen him working on the side, taking pass sets, even when he's not participating in practice. He's still a really good player, but everyone feels better when all of the starters are on the field together. Right when you get all of the the skill players and the newly assembled offensive line, there, there's some new players in the mix, especially in the trenches from Hayden Hurst all the way into center on the right side of that offensive line. So getting them together for some of these team drills, for some of the eleven on eleven work, seems like it would bear fruit and and be a productive use of everyone's energy before the regular season. For sure, you know, and and so oh, next question comes from as I stumble there from Showtime at Barclay 970, Trent Taylor or Trent Edelman, as I like to refer to him as, could he be the Bengals wide receiver for? He looked really good the other night. And with Chase possibly making slot plays more, could we see Taylor utilized when one of the big three wide receivers need a break? Love the show. Help me understand more about the franchise and the rosters. I'm in the UK. So shout out to you, Showtime. Trent Taylor, a.k.a. Trent Edelman. You think he's going to be the wide receiver for this season, Jake? I don't, from a snaps perspective, I don't think so. From a role perspective, I think that the guys behind the starters, behind the big three, whatever you want to call them, are going to have interchangeable roles that, that will be used differently. I think, I still think Stanley Morgan Jr. gets the most snaps out of any of the non starting three wide receivers. Barring injury, you know, in injury aside, I guess, because I think the Bengals have a very clear plan for him. We saw his usage increase last year as the year went on, and it just seems like he has a very clearly defined role. Trent Taylor, I don't think, gets a ton of offensive snaps. I, I think that he would have, again, a very defined role for certain plays. We saw him used for the two-point conversion play last year. We... Have, we saw him used a little bit differently, I think, in the preseason, but I, I think that they feel like Mike Thomas is in, as a backup outside receiver and Tyler Boyd just isn't on the field every snap anyway because he's a slot receiver. And when the Bengals do go to wide receivers, he gets a rest. So do you really need a backup slot receiver to play all that much? I don't, I don't think so. I think that Trent Taylor is exclusively a slot receiver. And so injuries aside if he's getting on the field to spell tyler boyd from time to time i think that's only a, a you know small handful of snaps a game whereas stanley morgan jr i know t i know uh jamar chase has said he doesn't ever want to come off the field anymore but 
Stanley Morgan Jr. could get on the field for, you know, I could easily see eight to 10 snaps a game, especially with his increased usage in the run game. So to me, you know, I still see Trent Taylor behind certainly Morgan and, and probably also Mike Thomas, who I think the Bengals see as more of a backup to the outside receiver position. But that's, that's partially just the nature of the positions these guys play. Yeah, I want to see Trent Taylor on punt returns. <clears throat> and I hope we don't see him take any offensive snaps unless it's with Brandon Allen when the Bengals are up 50 to nothing. And that's not me knocking Trent, um, but if the big three are healthy, there's not, you're right, there's not many snaps to go around, even for Stanley Morgan, even for Mike Thomas, who I think yeah. both of those guys are have the trust of moving around a little bit more in this offense. Now, does Trent Taylor give you a dynamic? No doubt about it. Can he have five receptions for 52 yards um, week nine against the Browns if needed? Absolutely. But hopefully it doesn't get to that. I will say this, though. His play the other night, I think, really solidified his spot. Like, it's going to be hard, even with Kendrick Pryor pushing, right? Even with Kwame Laster having really good sessions. And he caught a bunch of passes on Sunday and Monday again in practice. Even with those guys really surging, Trent Taylor was kind of the weak link. But if he's going to make pat, you know, plays on offense, he's the safest punt return option. So if he's the safest returner and has shown that he can consistently make plays on offense for you when called upon, hard to bet against him making the 53-man roster. Yeah. Uh, the, the return ability for him is a major equalizer, a major advantage, a major chip that he has that the other receivers don't. But Kendrick Pryor also starting to show on return teams, return coverage teams and special teams as well. And if he's going to make the team, that's probably where it is going to come from for him, despite the showing on offense, is, is Kendrick Pryor is going to need to continue to show on special teams as well and and has a long way to go to get to wide receiver four, which is what this question was about. But that that's probably where the roster battle Lies. We have one more question, James, about a specific player before we move along and or not about a specific player, sorry, about scheme. And to me, this is about a specific player because I immediately think of Dax Hill, but blue resident at Gem City Bengal. The Cincinnati been using much three safety defense during camp. That could be pretty telling for their plan when in capital letters Bates returns. I don't think it's telling. So there we go. Let's let's start there. It's not telling. I, I, I really don't. I don't think that that's part of it. And no, we haven't seen a ton of the three safety stuff. But the reason it's not telling is because Dax is playing Bates' role. You know, um, he was – and I went back and, and talked to Dax about it because he did line up in the slot a little bit and stuff like that. He was still – that was the safety. That was what the safety's responsibility was on those plays. So they're not really using him anywhere else right now. And I think at some point they will. But as of now, that hasn't been the case. They they that did beat. it in the preseason. In the preseason game, they had a three-safety look where Dax was manned up in the slot on a tight end, and they had two safeties behind him playing deep. So so we have seen it in, in games. I'm talking about Dax moving around a ton and playing different spots. Yeah, I'm, of course he's capable of playing the three-safety look. I'm saying moving Dax around specifically. In practice, it, it's a lot of two-safety stuff. Are we, have we seen it some? Yeah, but we haven't seen it at, like jump from what we saw last year. As an example, now Dak showed in flash the other night, they're going to find ways to get him on the field. And so what I think is going to be interesting, do they pivot and do a bunch of three safety stuff 
when Bates gets back and we see an increase in that? Or is it different where you just put him in at the nickel spot at times? Do you try him at outside corner a bit in practice? We haven't seen any of that yet. And so that's that's the part of it because it might be the same amount of three safety looks as last year, but he's also playing the nickel X amount of snaps. And he's also playing outside when called upon. And suddenly you look up and he's playing a bunch of different snaps. So I, I don't know, but right now they've kept him primarily at safety. So uh, yeah, it would have to be the three safety look. And I, we've seen it, but I don't think it's any more than we came to expect it last year, you know, in, in, at times when we did see three safeties. And I do think that the Bengals wanted to do more three safety defenses last year and, and weren't as comfortable doing it with Ricardo Allen's injury. And we started seeing it more when he was healthy. And as the year went on, I think it will be a big part of their plan this year. We'll wrap up the mailbag with a few more of your questions coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online, your one-stop shop for all things sports wagering. Whether you want to wager on Joey B and the Bengals to be MVP, maybe you think that the Bengals are going to finish the job this time and bring home not an AFC title, but a world championship. Well, you can wager on that and so much more from Major League Baseball to boxing to NBA future bets. Kevin Durant, get him out of Brooklyn. All these retirement rumors, which are ridiculous. Anyways, NBA futures. So if you think he's going to end up, I don't know. You think he's going to end up in Philly? You might want to get in on the odds right now at Bet Online. You can sign up for free today. And start wagering, make money with Bet Online. I have, you should too, by going to Bet Online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. James, we have one more question about a specific player or rookie. This comes from Greg Luther at Gregor09 on Twitter. Will Zach Carter make a big impact in his rookie season, James? I certainly think he's capable of making an impact. Now define big, right? Mm -hmm. Big impact. What does that mean? Does that mean 10 sacks? Because I, I don't anticipate that. Uh, can he, Can he, along with B.J. Hill, along with Josh Chupa, all these guys fill the, the void that's left behind with Larry Ogunjobi? I'll throw, you know, Joseph Osai into that mix too. But, like, I, I think so. Like, I, I think that that's the part of it where now after seeing him practice, seeing him play in a preseason game, you can see the path, much like a Cordell Volson different expectations um, potentially depending on who's starting at left guard, but see the path where he is a regular contributor on that defensive line, which was a question mark coming into camp. And now I think it's, it's semi-realistic to expect that. So uh, he's certainly trending in the right direction. And when they picked him 95th overall, Jake, if you would have told me, yeah, he's going to be able to get you five sacks and be solid against the run and, and, and be a productive player as a rookie. Well, then you would sign up for it every every day of the week. And, and I think the path is at least open now for that to being realistic. He needs to improve, of course. There's plenty of things he needs to work on, and he'll tell you that. But I, I do think he's capable of making an impact this year. I think that the opportunity will be there for him. And what he does with that opportunity, we'll find out. He played 
61 snaps, which is incredible for an interior defensive lineman in any game. He played essentially the whole game in, in preseason game one, and he had 37 opportunities to rush the passer, according to PFF, and they, they registered one hurry to his credit. I thought he flashed a little bit more of an impact on the game than just one hurry. I, I thought that he was solid, especially early in the game. I thought he wore down a little bit late in the game. Again, we'll see how he does against a higher level of competition because part of me is thinking, you know, you would expect to have seen a little bit more havoc created from Carter if he's going to play against good interior offensive linemen later in the year against some of the, the deep backups for the Cardinals. That said, the deep backups for the Cardinals are guys that I would have liked the Bengals to acquire one way or another, guys like Lasita Smith and Marquise Hayes, guys that we talked about in the pre-draft process. Uh, so I think that the, the back end of the Cardinals roster is pretty good on the interior of the defensive line. So we'll see how Carter continues to to play. I'm not ready to make any grand proclamations based on one preseason <laughs> game, uh, but I, I thought that he showed at the very least a good motor, the ability to be a rotational piece for this team in 2022 and, and hopefully the future. And I think that he's taken pretty well to the transition because he is moving to, to kind of play a new position here as he goes from Florida to the NFL. He's added weight to do so as well. He was listed at 290 uh, during the game instead of the the 283, I think, that he, he measured at the combine. So if he's added the weight and he's showing that he can play inside from a uh, a mental perspective, hopefully the the physical traits and, and the, I guess, the productivity – can, can come along with that. But at the very least, he's going to have the opportunity and has shown flashes that he can be a solid contributor in his role. Next question comes from Johnny Snotnose, and it's our last question of today's mailbag. Do the Bengals have a two-year window of opportunity? Looking at the 2024 free agent and potential free agents to be on this roster, he mentions Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Chidobe Awuzie, uh, Jonah Williams, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson also mentioned uh, the club options for Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. Do you think it's a two-year window, Jake? I don't think it's exactly a two-year window, but there's certainly a rookie window, and the window changes. And this is something that you know, a friend of the show, Joe Goodberry, has talked about quite a bit. The, the window on a rookie quarterback deal opens – essentially immediately, but if not immediately in year two and goes until the end of that rookie contract, that period of time is the time in which NFL teams have a market inefficiency in terms of their quarterback contract. The quarterback contract for Joe Burrow takes up a much smaller portion of the Bengals cap and, and their annual spending, which is different from the cap to be clear than a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen will be, or Deshaun Watson in Cleveland with his fully guaranteed deal. These contracts end up taking away resources that you can spend elsewhere. The Bengals, realizing their opportunity with a rookie quarterback contract and a rookie they had a lot of faith in, in Joe Burrow, and now has paid off with a Super Bowl appearance, the faith they put in him to try to build a team around him, they spent a lot of money. And they have been spending a lot of money uncharacteristically for the Bengals when they didn't have those rookie windows available to them in the late years of the Andy Dalton era. There is some kind of transition that will need to happen. This is why we've talked about the need to draft well to replace some of these guys on the defensive side of the ball because do you give DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Shadobe Abuzier additional contracts around their age 30 years? 
And we, we've seen what happens in age 30 years for various players around the NFL throughout history. Some of them you, you probably do. Some of them you might not. And if you don't and you're drafting late and you're not accumulating extra draft picks, which the Bengals aren't accumulating extra draft picks, you need to hit on your draft selections and you need to continue spending in free agency to continue to have a team around your quarterback when he gets expensive. Because we think Joe Burrow is really, really good. We think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are really, really good. They need to find a way to extend some of these young guys, certainly on their first contracts. But where it will be interesting is what happens on the defensive side of the ball, which has a lot of guys on their second contracts. And finding a way to sustain that will certainly, I think, be the challenge for this team to extend their window. So does the window close? No, but it changes. It's mm-hmm. no longer the rookie contract window, whatever you imagine that window to look like in your mind. Now it's, I have a good quarterback, and that always keeps me competitive, but now I have to deal with the obstacles of having a big quarterback contract, as you see around the NFL with every team that has an elite quarterback and a big quarterback contract. We're going to get the answer about a lot of these guys in March. Like Logan Wilson, you know, at some point I think they'll try to extend him. Maybe not March. Next offseason, I guess would be fair, because he's eligible for an extension then. Uh, the same thing goes for a T. Higgins. I think we'll have an idea. And that's the other part of this with Jesse Bates. The Bengals obviously had a max number for him. That wasn't what he wanted. It, it's one thing to be mad now, but would you rather have a Dax Hill who's still got two years left or maybe three years of team control and Trey Hendrickson locked up for another couple of years or Jesse Bates and then you draft someone to replace? You know, so that's the part of it that is, you're right, going to get interesting, especially because they do have Burrow on the docket, they'll probably try to to pay him or get him extended next offseason. It doesn't mean that that contract will kick in next offseason, but still. So is it a two-year window? Sort of. They're going to have to kind of switch the way they do things and start getting younger on defense, and that's why the Dax Hill pick makes sense. That's why going defensive heavy made sense in this draft because it's guys that can contribute now but maybe can become – building blocks moving forward. And that doesn't mean you don't keep Cheeto past his deal, who's just an absolute steal now. It doesn't mean that you don't find a way to keep T and Jamar together. But do I think T, Jamar, Tyler, you know, Boyd, and Joe Mixon are all going to be together in here in 2025? I don't. And I I would say that uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, never know, but probably unlikely, if I had to guess. Joe Mixon, probably the least likely. Of all these guys. So it's uh it, it is gonna be interesting though to see how they juggle it, what their plan is, because they're gonna have to make some decisions. Here's what I'll say though, Jake. What a beauty it is. It, it's just amazing to be talking about a window. Mm-hmm. A window. Because for the past six years, you know, going into last season, that window wasn't just shut, it was bolted, it was covered up. You couldn't, it didn't let light in or light out. It was, it was rough. And before that, I think the window was slightly open, but it, uh, and I've never seen a window with a ceiling, but there was a ceiling to it. And now there isn't, there's, there's no, there's no window with a ceiling. It's just a window. And that thing is wide open. There's a breeze. I don't know if you feel it in Canada. There's a breeze coming in right now, which is uh, pretty good. It's a good feeling going into uh, 2022. There's no doubt. 
I've got some windows in my house, James, that have little ceilings on them. There's like little notches oh where you open God. them. So so when you lift the window up, it hits a little notch, so it can only open so much. Sure. So I, I think the yeah. reason for that would be someone outside trying to open your window to crawl into your house. And so it limits how. So there's your there's your ceiling for a window. I found it for you. There you go. Or Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis. The Andy Dalton of windows. Sure. Something um, like that. For, I like you, Andy. Andy I'm not trying to be mean. It's just yeah. true. God just can't catch a break. He the, can. He's made a lot of money. The bottom line is that as long as Joe Burrow is on the Cincinnati Bengals, the, the window is open. It's just going to be a different shape. It's going to look different than the current window, which allows the Bengals to spend a little bit more aggressively. And, and that's part of why there is certainly a faction of fans that wants them to continue to spend heavily and oh, use the rest to. of their cap space. Yep. This year, next year, yeah, I agree. and and go get some of these guys we've talked about—the Quentin Spains, the the veteran tackles that are available, the JC Treaders that fans like to think about. I, I don't think that's happening, but Odell Beckham Jr. Sure, N- name a superstar that's available on the free agent market. Cincinnati Bengals fans want him on the team because they sense the opportunity here, and part of that opportunity is because of the financial flexibility that Joe Burrow's rookie deal affords the team. But again. In my opinion, as long as Burrow is on the team, there's a window. It just mm-hmm. takes a different shape. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals are back to practice on Wednesday. So we have another training camp update or two for you, plus a game preview with the Bengals playing their first Sunday game of the 2022 and only Sunday game of the 2022 preseason. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast today and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.